This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Sunday, August 13th edition of the PFF Forecast. We are all in different spots today. Uh, it's a it's a lighting bonanza here. We've got a Florida man in Brad Spielberger. We have a uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvanian. And I'm weirdly, usually everyone else is in New York. I weirdly am in New York this time. So it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great podcast. We're going to talk a little preseason, um, something or nothing, whether it's some of the storylines or something we should care about or nothing at all. And then we'll look ahead to preseason week two and maybe a little week one NFL DFS, kind of see where uh, those markets are kind of at and what that might mean for betting opportunities. It's going to be a great show. Let's rock. I teased that you were in Florida. That does that mean that you are going to embody some of the traits uh, of a Florida man? Do you have a grill at this point? What I, man? I, know. I went to I went to Publix today and saw some, some folks, some people. I had to get my pub sub. I'm addicted now. Um, but no, I don't think I. You'd want me to embody? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in uh, I'm in Florida, like middle middle of the state, not near the beach. You know, I I am in I'm where Florida men reside. <laughs> you wrestling some gators. I could be if I wanted to, I believe. I've seen some boots, some cowboy hats, the whole nine yards. So you're going to bring a gator on the pod. Uh, Judah, did you have a, a delightful cheesesteak for dinner? I, I did not. It's uh, oh. not in the spirit of Philly. but uh... You know, I, I don't see this on the agenda for today's podcast, but my cheesesteak is the cousin of Skyline Chili take and rant. I'm not sure the world is ready for it right now. I don't know if I'm ready to... To hit the people with that, but maybe we'll save that. Put that in the back pocket for an ad read <laughs> later on a, yeah. on a rainy day. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are new to the podcast, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you're a longtime member, we appreciate you even more. Um, if you have not yet joined the Printing Press Discord, it is our Discord channel. With the NFL season coming up, this is this is the time to join, especially with preseason heating up. We talk about all the bets that we like on here, obviously, but I think the best kind of opportunities are to be in that discord when news breaks, when things happen, uh, Judah, Brad, Arjun, Tej, uh, Ben Brown, the whole crew um, are in there dropping nuggets. And we have a really learned group of people in there as well that um, are pretty sharp. So highly recommend that you join it. We are going to be doing something cool this year. We've got some merch that we've been giving away some printing press hats. In fact, I have printing press hats. I have them, I have them right here. Uh, because uh, I brought two. I brought one for Judah, um, who maybe will make uh, his trip across state lines. Um, but we're giving some out to uh, to members of the printing press as well. So you can get yourself a hat by joining the, uh, the Discord. And this year, we're going to be doing something. I'm really excited about it. We've been guessing the lines on this podcast every Sunday night. And we are now going to open it up. We're going to make it a, um, a podcast-wide competition. You're going to be able to guess the lines with us. We're going to keep score, uh, see who does the best against the spread the following week, make it a lot of fun. We'll give away a lot of merch for that. Um, but in order to do that, you'll want to, you'll, you'll need to join the discord. So the link is in the description uh, in the YouTube channel and we post on Twitter. So you can go find it there. Okay. Let's get into preseason uh, week one. Not surprisingly, every single year, um, everyone gets a little bit worked up about a few different things during the preseason Usually it ends up being nothing, but we can't resist. We got to go around and talk about some of the interesting things that have happened in the preseason, whether that's something or nothing. So we'll kind of go around. What we'll do is bring up something that um, is worth talking about, and we'll just have a discussion. Is it something or nothing? I feel like we've got to start with Brad because um, there was something that happened in Chicago that I feel like we may need to talk about. Brad, you can kick us off uh, with the first the first topic. 
Sure. Well, you know, I guess we can lead right into that. So uh, the Chicago Bears had a 62-yard and 55-yard, uh, all of it after the catch. Both, both passes were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, touchdown from DJ Moore. He played one snap, I think, and it was a touchdown. Uh, and then Khalil Herbert later on. Um, you know, look, there was great blocking in space. The offensive line was also a problem. Uh, but I, I would say caution, you know, taking massive takeaways from two Bears starters, uh, rat- rattling off 55-yard gain touchdowns after the catch. I would say it's nothing, but I, I don't think it's something uh, quite yet. Let me make a quick case because I think the everyone is making fun of this, right? So Justin Fields, three for three, 129 yards, two touchdowns, okay? Um, percentage of yardage gained after the catch is 105%, okay? <laughs> of his 129 <laughs> yards. More than 129 of them were gained after the catch. That is absolutely hilarious. Of the top 50 quarterbacks in PFF grade during the preseason, the only one to eclipse 100% is Justin Fields. Ironically, the only other person remotely close is Deshaun Watson, who uh, also threw three passes, had 12 yards, all of which came after the catch. But here's the reason I think this is something, Brad. The reason this is something is actually the entire, is what everyone's talking about. Justin Fields didn't have to do anything for those, okay? That's important. The reason this is something is you should not expect him to turn into Peyton Manning. You should not expect him to even turn into Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins. Like, he is not going to be, I don't think, a guy that is dicing up the league from a passing perspective based on what we saw last year. So getting things that are easy, having an offense which is going to allow playmakers to make plays in space. And DJ Moore is capable of that. Um, you know, they've got some other playmakers there with Darnell Mooney. Khalil Herbert was one of our highest graded running backs last year. I think this is a sign of an offense that is just going to get more out of the things that Justin Fields allows you to do, which is you've got to account for him at all times. And so you can you can put some of these things um, in, in, in the offense that will get you easy yardage. It's obviously something where you can't anyone that looks at that stat line and goes, oh, my God, they're going to be such an explosive offense, I think is, is you know, high as a kite. But I think there's something to this in terms of what the offense is going to look like this year, which will get more out of the the just kind of average throws that, that Justin Fields will make. Or I should say below average, because some of those throws did not look that that accurate, to be very honest with you. Yeah, yeah. The DJ, the DJ Moore thing I was saying pre-show, I got roasted by Chicago. Moore had to take two steps to gather himself going backwards before he started going forwards. But I guess one thing I would take away, we're talking about Khalil Herbert. Herbert played every single snap that Justin Fields played and then came off the field. You know, we're going to start talking about a little bit of fantasy and stuff like that. I think as of today, Khalil Herbert is the RB1 in Chicago. You mentioned he had a top, I think, top five rushing grade for us last year. Obviously, low volume behind David Montgomery. But I think as of today, he is the dude. Um, Roshan Johnson looked awesome in the game. But I think Khalil Herbert has the job as of right now. Khalil Herbert, I'll let you speak here, Judah, I promise. Khalil Herbert, I've been in a bunch of fantasy leagues because I'm testing out a lot of PFF's new fantasy products, which by the way, you should definitely get in on PFF plus. Um, and Khalil Herbert, I have drafted in every single league, like every single, because we talked about this with Miles Sanders. Like one of the benefits of playing with a running quarterback is what it does for the running back. Anyways, Khalil Herbert, uh, bandwagon. What do you think? Something or nothing Judah on this, uh, yeah. Justin field stuff. I think, I think your point is right that it almost kind of gives the, the bullish case there of like Justin Fields really had none of this for, for the past two years, but I mean, it's three throws. I don't think there's, there's that much to make of that. And I think the great irony is that like, it wasn't a good pass. And I think actually like, had it been a better pass, I'm not actually sure it would have uh, gone for a 56 yard touchdown just because of the, the way the blocking uh, turned out on that play. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make too much of the, you know, three throws. I think that's kind of the, the chalky answer, if you will. Um, but look, uh, I think it's it's better than nothing if you're a Bears fan. It's it's a taste of excitement of what could be, uh, and for for a fan base that's craving, uh, you know, just something. It, it that's the beauty of football, and there's uh, there's some preseason uh, hope and aspiration, which is something the Bears haven't had for a couple of years. All right, uh, I'll let you go next. You know, what's the next topic we're going to talk about? I gotta, I gotta go with your Niners and Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, aside from a brilliant, a brilliant touchdown pass, uh, <laughs> you know, 
Lance Lance is not exactly looking like the uh, the number three overall pick out here. I'm curious uh, what, what you make of that. I I think this is this is something that is, uh, what's the right way to put this? The something is that this is nothing. Okay. The something is that if you thought Trey Lance was going to be uh, was going to come back and make something happen, you are sorely mistaken. Uh, look, it, and we'll talk about uh, the rookie quarterbacks here in a second. You watch this now. The the backup defense uh, offensive line did not help Trey Lance. Let's be very clear there. Um, but he just continues to look absolutely lost. And if you've been in an offense for this long, look, Sam Darnold played well. Brandon Allen played well. This is not this is not only a supporting cast situation. You should be able to go in there and look like you have a clue what's going on. He just did not have a clue what was going on. The sacks were really bad. You mentioned the quote-unquote touchdown, which should have been an interception. Um, this is going to be either Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy. And I think it's going to be really interesting. I think Sam Darnold looked fine. Um, he, he made one really, really nice throw in, in the game. Uh, went five for nine at just under 100 yards. I think he'll be fine if he plays. Uh, and if Brock Purdy, it looks like there's a chance that he plays week one. Um, it's, it's I think, say la vie. Uh, you know, see you later for um, for Trey Lance. What do you think, Brad? 100%. A lot of it, like you said, look, we're, we're the, the touchdown was funny where, first of all, just as a PFF guy, I'm sitting there like this was a minus 1.5 turnover worthy play touchdown pass. This is like that. That pass is why we exist as a company, uh, literally. Um, but, but yeah, like the, the sacks were worse where it was, you know, he was late. He wasn't seeing things. He was staring down a first read that a couple times I felt was open or at least NFL open. And you talk about Kyle Shanahan being in this system like he, he makes things easier on quarterbacks than literally anyone else in the entire league, maybe ever. Um, and, and just he can't pick up those those easy wins. Yeah, Donald wasn't incredible, but he had that one beautiful throw. I just, yeah, if Purdy's not healthy, it, it, I think it's Sam Donald's job uh, week one. Yeah. The, I was just, it has to be. Uh, I think you should put it in context. It's very similar to what we, we even talked about last week. But, like, Shanahan puts the easy buttons for you. We're right? talking about the zero-graded throws and the yards per attempt on basically when a quarterback's playing at expectation. The the case for Lance was that, like, he could do kind of things outside of structure well, and he's a disaster outside of structure. I mean, he's holding the ball for, mm-hmm. for way too long. Yeah. He's taking those sacks. And if you, if you can't do the easy things right, in addition to not being able to kind of do anything out of structure, I think there's, there's just no shot. And the Niners are not exactly in a position to be – you know, uh, having a development season with Lance, I don't, I don't really see how he makes it out of the, you know, the preseason still on the team, honestly. Wow. That, that would be something. Uh, do you think a trade or just, they cut him? I think if they think they'll probably still be able to get something, someone will want to take a, a flyer on him, but I don't see it. It's just not a team that's I think willing to take a quarterback, a, a project like that. Oh, real quick. We can move on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, does Sapphire sport a team in Vegas now? Is that how that works? You can play at the big eyeball, the big, the big toe, the big eyeball in Vegas. Um, no, but I, just random quick thought, we can move on. But, like, it's interesting that maybe you could make the argument where, you know, we talk about teams, team construction of you want to get the quarterback and then build around him or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like, the big issue with Trey Lance is, like, the team is too good to have patience to let him play and learn these things. And it's been the case – the entire time he's been there. Like they're simply too good to say, let him go through growing pains. Let him learn from his state. Like, no, this is a Super Bowl contender. They can't do that. And it's kind of a weird, like, you know, it, it, it's kind of two forces that have worked against each other his entire career in San Fran. My something or nothing. Let's talk about the rookie quarterbacks. So in particular, the ones that were picked highly in the draft. Um, these are not, uh, 100% final. There's a little review to go, but these are going to be pretty close to where they grade out. Of course, you can get those PFF grades for all preseason games on pff.com with a PFF Plus subscription. By the way, if you buy an annual right now, you can get the entire draft kit and all of our draft tools for free. That includes the live draft assistant, which literally goes with you during your draft to give you the optimal pick at every position. Um, it, it's not pretty. So Anthony Richardson, 66.7 PFF grade at a not so pretty interception. Bryce Young, 51 PFF grade. Now these are on low sample size alert. Okay. 
CJ Stroud, a 34 PFF grade. That was 20th out of 20 rookie quarterbacks who took a snap in the preseason. Um, it was not pretty for CJ Stroud, had one of the uglier interceptions uh, that were out there. Um, somehow was worse than Stetson Bennett, who I think had like five turnover-worthy plays. And it doesn't look like quite that many, but uh, close to that. Um, is this uh, is this something or nothing? What do you think? We'll start with you, Brad. So I'll say for now, it's it's nothing overall. I think for Bryce Young in particular, I mean the Jets, the Jets' fifth edge rusher is better than many teams' number two edge rusher. Like they're absurd, and, and I think you know he just did not have a lot of time. He still did, I think, make a couple nice plays. Um, mm-hmm. Richardson, the interception, I wasn't super concerned about. It was like a busted RPO. He kind of tried to be a hero, uh, throw it to his right, just overthrew it. I think we're expecting growing pains there. I'm not going to say anyone is doomed, but like Stroud, I watched to do the recap. I watched every single snap of the game. I was working during the game, and he just doesn't. And again, their tackles didn't start, sure, um, but he just did not look comfortable. He took also the sack he took um, from Daniel Iguala, like a 15-yard sack, may have been even worse than the interception, where I think it just like he should have gotten rid of the football. It's just it's not that I'm concerned he's not going to figure it out. It's just that we're seeing the same things that we always kind of were concerned about in college, and they're still happening. Um, yeah, it's just you got to see they get cleaned up. I'm curious, Jude, I think we may, we talked about the kind of – opportunity for a bullish Texans case. Um, it would seem that uh, CJ Stroud may be putting a little dent in that. What do you think? Uh, I think a little bit only because at least they weren't operating that offense that in making the bullish case to, to remind our, our loyal uh, press listeners, we're talking about how, you know, Bobby Slough might design a very run heavy offense and one that makes life very, very easy for Stroud where he's able to make quick reads and throw the ball accurately. He wasn't doing any of that. Granted, he didn't have his tackles. Uh, and the issue, I think, that what Brad's pointing to is just like a complete inability to even sniff out any pressure. And it's just like you're looking at Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, who it like they, they didn't face pockets like that in college, and you can see them on film get lost. That isn't to say that they uh, won't necessarily develop that kind of as the season rolls along, but I think it, it does kind of uh, illustrate a point in time of where they're at and where our expectations should be. And like, these guys are not on the same level as Justin Herbert, you know, in his rookie season. Uh, and I think it, it kind of like puts it back to where rookie quarterbacks generally are. And that's not very good and that's okay. And that's fine for the long term. Uh, but like going into week one of, of this season, like we should not expect these rookie quarterbacks to be particularly good. And certainly there's no, you know, flash on film that would suggest that uh, they are the next Herbert uh, that, that's, or, or the next Dak Prescott. Remember it, it's not happening. I don't think. This to me is is nothing, but the reason it's nothing is because if you came into this kind of expecting them to light the world on fire, I think to your point, Judah, then then you were being kind of ridiculous. Um, if you are a holder of under touchdown tickets for Stroud and Young, which we gave out on this podcast, I think you should feel really good. Um, the, the, the Stroud thing is exactly what we expected. I think there's no way it looks that bad throughout the season. Like that was horrendously terrible. And to your point, uh, Brad, they're going to put their starting tackles in there. They're going to run much more of a cohesive offense. Yeah, all of those things can be true. And it can be true that CJ Stroud has no clue what to do when he's under pressure. And I wouldn't expect that starting tackles are all of a sudden going to going to clean that up completely. He's still going to be under pressure. Um what I thought was really interesting about the rookie quarterbacks is some guys that are not as, as highly acclaimed who are having, are, are doing some interesting things. And in particular, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. And, and I'm curious now, he obviously has not, uh, did not go out there as a starter. Uh, Deshaun Watson did only played three snaps, but Thompson has now 29 dropbacks. He's 17 for 24, 184 yards, two touchdowns does not yet have a big time throw. He's actually had three passes dropped and he has not taken a single sack and has looked pretty darn impressive moving with his feet so far as an 86 PFF grade through, um, uh, through, through a couple of games here and a, a decent, you know, a decent sample size relative to everyone else. Now I'm not going to sit up here and, and go hot take machine and say that he's going, he's already the best quarterback on the Browns. I think that'd be a little ridiculous, but I am going to talk about the Falcons here and I'm going to talk about them again. Um, I mean, there are some, there are worse starting quarterbacks in the NFL, I think, potentially than Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, what do you guys think about that? 
Yeah, the no big time throws thing I think is interesting because like that I was I'm not concerned about that. I'm I was concerned from college, his college tip at UCLA was like trying to be a hero and 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 score a touchdown yeah. on every drop back. And so I think it's actually good to see that he's just been kind of game managing. Yeah, he was drafted too late. I know he was an older player, all those things. But, I mean, Stetson Bennett has an AARP card at this point. So, yeah, he, he was taken too late. He's kind of like a Tyler Huntley-esque player where it's like, I'm not sure how he fell as far as he did. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, look, he's not the best quarterback on the Browns. But, uh, but no, he's looked he's looked pretty darn good. And like you said, he's, play, he's played two games uh, compared to everyone else's one. So, yeah. The, the telling thing for me here is kind of looking at his style or his – uh, trait, however you want to call it, uh, which he was scrambling a bunch, not taking sacks. Uh, I guess a little sneak preview into, into some research I'm doing, uh, which is actually pretty predictable play under pressure. Uh, it actually makes it a pretty stable metric uh, in, hmm. if you're if you're good scrambling. Uh, and that's not something, look, obviously you're not going to make a, a huge deal over a small sample, but this is to say he's not Matthew Stafford. Uh, right. He's not a type of quarterback who lacks completely in mobility. This is not by accident. The fact that he's avoiding sacks and creating plays, we obviously saw this in college. Um, and that just elevates the uh, kind of base rate of an offense, just when you're kind of avoiding so many negative plays and turning those into positive ones. And, and to your point, George, I think that uh, even as a rookie, that's the type of trait in a quarterback that uh, elevates your team and just elevates the, the base rate of success that I I can't imagine he wouldn't be an upgrade over, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter. Obviously, that's not happening. Um, but that is something to, to, you know, take away, I think, uh, even from a small sample is just learning the style of play. And I think that's going to be relatively sticky. How how bad does it Sean Watson have to be to get benched this year? What, what is yeah, I think that I, I'm legitimately like he has to be like – impressively otherworldly bad i think that the bar is it asked for, it's so low because i mean he's your quarterback <laughs> for the next five years no matter what you do no matter what. Uh, the coach yeah. is probably on a borderline hot seat <clears throat> i think you throw seven interceptions in a game and still trot back out there for the next series i really do <laughs> i yeah, think they're two I, and I six this... wow, wow you think so because yep. there's got to be some point I, it is interesting you know because of the guarantees obviously like but he has been he has looked really terrible and and it's starting to get you can't make the excuse of he hasn't played in a really long time anymore. Um, they have so much talent on that team. And here's the thing. We saw Brissett in that offense. He was better than Watson last year. He graded better than Watson. We're going to see potentially more of Thompson Robinson and obviously not with with the starters in real games. But if he also looks really good and Watson goes up there and out there and stinks it up. It's interesting because the coach on the hot seat, if you're on the hot seat and you're Stefanski, you're just going to go down with this, uh, you know, uh, molester. Like, come on. It's ridiculous. I mean, if it's up to him, maybe uh, not. If, if he had a normal contract, I would say otherwise. Although, and now I'm just going to be a mean to you, George. I think Aiden O'Connell taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo is probably more likely than uh, – dude, a guy in a 95 grade, <laughs> he was dealing with it. Or, he, was, he was absolutely dealing. Um, Must have been that uh, – that pregame at Sapphire. Okay. Uh, it's two Sapphire mentions in one podcast. That's how, you know, that we're onto a hot one. Um, we'll be right back. Uh, but first want to tell you about uh, what DraftKings has going on with their best ball millions tournament, $1 million top prize, 10 total million dollars in guaranteed cash prizes. Um, and you know, time isn't like totally running out, but you might as well get started right away. Um, you can enter the best ball, millions contest of DraftKings using promo code PFF and get your entire first entry back in DraftKings dollars. The way that best ball works is you snake draft your team and then you never have to worry about adding, dropping, trading, or starting or sitting anybody because the top scorers at each position count towards your score every single week. So it's literally just how good can you draft, which is honestly how fantasy football probably should be. Um, you don't have to deal with that guy that like wakes up at you know 3 a.m. and picks up every player and has notifications on for Adam Schefter. You're trying to live your life and he's out there picking up your your uh, your backups that are starting for your injured players. You don't have to worry about that with best ball. So go to DraftKings, download the app, and get started right away with promo code PFF and their best ball tournament. $10 million total, $10 million up for grabs on the DraftKings best ball tournament. It's the largest one in DraftKings history, promo code PFF. Gambling problem, call 100 Gambler. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com 
for details. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit more here. I have I have one more, um, but Brad, we'll go back to you. Um, another thing that you noticed this preseason that we can discuss. Yeah, I, one that I love off the top, and I think potentially because the suspension is why he played so long, but Jamison Williams played into the third quarter of the Detroit Lions game. He had a pretty bad drop in the game. I don't know. Do you guys, are, are there, is there any concern of, of him figuring things out at the NFL level at all? Or do you think it's just, hey, he's not going to play for six games, so let's get him some reps uh, late into a preseason game? Gosh, uh, a Lions wide receiver that hasn't worked out, Brad. I'd, I just, you know, th- there's a first time for everything, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, here here's the thing. Like, if you were, you shouldn't overreact to the stats. I mean, Jamar Chase, I think, taught us that. Um, yeah. What do you have? Six targets and, and five drops. But th- <laughs> there's a difference when the offseason – um, and, and what's off the field doesn't check out. And, and I think it's, you know, for those, for people that have normal lives and are, are going about living it, and maybe you haven't heard some of this, like the word out of Detroit, and, and a, you know, whether it be from you, Brad, or others that are plugged in, like it's not particularly positive. Um, and that's not going to work well there. It's not going to work well with any organization. It's really not going to work well with Dan Campbell. Um, and this happens. I mean, something that I think, we don't appreciate enough as fans and betters is just what we were like at age like 21, 22, 23. And like how hard it is when you move somewhere new, you don't have a support system. And I think largely a lot of the people out there probably had better support systems than a lot of these rookies coming into these situations, certainly had less people asking them for money. And so it's just a, it is a tough situation. And so to think that everything just gets cured because you all of a sudden have money and you're playing in the NFL, I think is, is a misnomer. And so when you hear things like a guy is not really figuring it out, um, like as a human in in life, I think that has to mean something and that will translate onto the field, I I think. So, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of something, um, and it's unfortunate because I, I think he was was certainly the most talented receiver in that class and could be an absolute stud. Judah, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think it's also a little bit of something, obviously it's not, it's not everything, but it's almost like the little bit of Trey Lance, honestly, where some Uh-oh. due to bad luck and injury, <laughs> some due to bad luck and injury, some, you know, due to these personal stuff, but like all these things just keep on adding up one after another, after another, after another. And everything's been a kind of red flag. Uh, like they, even though like coming back from the ACL injury last year, they didn't really play him. Uh, he was kind of used as like a gadget player, which was itself a little bit concerning for me. Uh, get suspended, the offseason trouble, you know, playing now into the third quarter. Like these are not the signs of like a regular first round pick, even one who came off an ACL tear. None of this is normal. I think you have to be concerned. I think, I, it, you know, it's a, um, it's something to take the restore the roar crew just down a peg. Okay. We need, we need some of these things to take them down a peg. Um, I even saw, I think that opening uh, game line, is that now down to six and a half um, in some places? I know it was at seven for a while. I think it is now down to six and a half. Um, the, the bullishness on the, on the lions. I also think it's a little bit of like the chiefs just play a ton of close games, but man, yeah. um, that's open at seven and a half, right, Brad? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, at least at least seven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So well, don't worry, we'll get to week one soon enough. Okay, Judah, next thing on uh, on your list. Yeah. Is there a quarterback controversy in New England? Ooh. Ooh. With, with who? With and, Malik Cunningham? Yeah, well, I was going to say between <laughs> who? <laughs> uh, Malik Cunningham and Bailey Zappi. No, uh, you know, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Zappi, Zappi played a while uh, and looked and looked pretty good. He did. I don't know. The one thing I thought was maybe the best completion he had was the 27-yarder the to Tyquan Thornton, and I thought it was like an underthrown ball that Thornton had kind of made the better play than, than the throw. Um, I don't know. I'll say no, but I will say, like, I don't think Mac Jones has some sort of long leash. Like, if he's bad, like, they're going to play somebody else. Um, I just think it's his job. Like, for week one, it's his job, and then we kind of go from there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Zappi can play football. No doubt about it. I thought we were going to talk about Trace McSorley. Didn't, didn't he get we should. Malik Cunningham is a baller. <laughs> yeah, Malik Cunningham, Malik Cunningham played some some receiver, um, had, had a super nice scramble, had a nice big-time throw. 
Um, look, on six dropbacks, like a grade of eight, eight, 85 is not going to mean that much. But um, he looked like he had a clue what was going on, right? Which is more than you can say for some of the other rookies yeah. that were out there, obviously under less stressful situation. Um, but the, the defense, I think people are fairly bullish on the defense. Um, you know, you've heard this, I think, coming out of their camp. And um, the, the defense is, is going to be pretty solid. And you expect that with Bill Belichick. You're not even going to compete in games in that division with subpar quarterback play or even maybe average quarterback play. So, gosh, I mean, I, I think that the leash should be pretty, pretty tight. Um, you know, Zappy, I mean, it, we saw that the shine kind of come off of that. I would be really interested to see. I, I just want to see a mobile quarterback play for Bill Belichick. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that seems like a super you know, kind of just normal fan thing to say. I think everyone's kind of mentioned that at some point, like Belichick has always kind of had a hard time stopping mobile quarterbacks. What would it look like if he had one himself? Um, so much of the league is going to that. And let's be very clear about something with the New England Patriots. Their weapons stink, okay? Like they, they're not very good. You know, the ghost of Jonu Smith ain't out there catching passes like he's Rob Gronkowski. Okay. So um, you need someone that can provide something with his legs. Malik Cunningham obviously can think that would be a big, you know, uh, boon to that offense. I think there should be, even if there isn't, there should be a quarterback controversy. And you know, Bill Belichick is not going to sit there and just be loyal to some guy. Like he is going to pull the plug. I, I, I could see him getting benched in week one, to be perfectly honest with you. I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like that might be that might be something. Um, who are they playing week one? Let's take a look uh, at the odds here. This is this is great podcasting. Yeah, great radio. Like Philadelphia. Yes, that at is. Home. Yikes! What's the I mean? They're not going to Philly. It's got to no. be Philly minus. Like, what is it? It's four and a half. I was gonna, I was gonna guess the line. Uh, I was gonna say three and a half. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not gonna move the ball against that defense at all. Because I don't like their offensive that line. Is, either. Uh, they... That's interesting. That's kind of tasty. I I've been look ever since the anyone but Mac Jones syndicate. I've kind of had to be an anti Mac Jones guy. Um, man, that could be a that could be ugly. I do think you make a great point. Like. Like the, and a mobile quarterback could be might be the only way to save their current offensive situation, right? Like if guys aren't going to get open quickly, if the offensive line is going to be about average, like the one saving grace could yeah. just be a guy who can make plays outside of structure or like, and he obviously cannot do that. So yeah, Dorian Dorian Thompson Robinson for what? There you go. Offer yeah. you know. fire up a yeah. trade. Yeah. There you go. This this dovetails nicely into my something or nothing. Okay, this is I don't know if this is technically a something or nothing, but this is a, a statement of what I, I believe is fact. Jameis Winston not starting at quarterback in the NFL is is ridiculous. It, it I don't know if there's something we don't know about Jameis Winston. Did he do something to one of the owners, you know, family members or something? Because this is ridiculous. Like the Atlanta Falcons with Jameis Winston should should win or be very close to winning that division like it it blows my mind Jameis Winston played well again in New Orleans he's played well pretty much every time he stepped on the field in New Orleans obviously not every single time but like has been solid um has a hell of a lot more talent than some of the guys that are starting out there namely uh you know thinking about a team like Atlanta um this is a guy that could be had for like seven eight million dollars and somehow teams just just do not want him and are trotting out absolute garbage left and right i really don't understand it um i there should be a petition that we sign that that makes a team go out and start Jameis winston i, I mean shoot he, he looks better than russell wilson out there um so I, I i don't know is there is there something that i don't know brad about you're you're plugged in in new orleans like is there something we don't know about Jameis winston that is keeping well, him off and in a Obviously, historically, he's had a fair, his fair share of issues, but it does seem like that hasn't been the case in recent years. No, but I, I don't think it's – but I will say this. Here's my conspiracy response to you. Like, in okay. a different NFL, maybe the Arizona Cardinals have Jameis Winston on their roster or, like, a team like that. But now, like, hey, no, let's play Clayton Toon or the ghost, mm -hmm. the ghost of Colt McCoy and just lose a bunch of football games. 
Um, like that type of team, I think five, 10 years ago probably does have Jameis Winston on it. So maybe, maybe that's kind of my, my roundabout way of looking at it. Yeah. Talk about a, a player who can create out of structure, believe it or not. <laughs> Jameis, Jameis, I, I always just have that like play in my head uh, of like Winston uh, running behind the end zone, like scrambling around for like 10 seconds and just throwing up. Uh, was it against the Bears? Throwing up, like, I think it was against to- the Bears. Yeah, throwing up a bomb to Mike Evans, who like lays out and makes the catch. That's like Jameis Winston to me, and then obviously the the next play, you know, a pick six to a linebacker. Um, of course, but Jameis and Jameis, Jameis, famous Jameis Winston uh, has the number one EPA of all quarterbacks since 2017 on scrambles, not scrambles that necessarily cross the line of scrimmage, but anytime he begins the process of scrambling, just barely eking out uh, Patrick Mahomes. Another fit for the Patriots, I think. Uh, as a as a guy who can create out of uh, out of structure uh, that you know kind of mitigates the effects of a bad offensive line or uh, wide receivers, it's that that is a, a function of a more situation agnostic quarterback. Uh, and Jameis Winston, number one. Wow, I don't know I would not have guessed that in a million years. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great stat. You yeah. could get. That would be like um, like a final Jeopardy question for NFL trivia, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. You know, like is, that's like the million dollar question uh, if we're doing NFL millionaire who wants to be a millionaire. Um, okay, before we move on, um, if you're like Jameis Winston or you're a Jameis Winston fan, you're trying to project uh, protect the people around you that matter, whether you have to scramble out of pressure or not, um, you want to make sure that they are safe and sound no matter what happens. And to do that, you might want to consider little-term life insurance. I know that's probably not something you think about a lot, but you don't want to think about it a lot. You want to get it done and then be able to go on and live your life. And that's why Fabric by Gerber Life has your back. They made it really easy, 10 minutes to get an affordable term life insurance policy and then go back to enjoying the life that you have worked so hard to live. Go to M-E-E-T fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash forecast. And get started today. It takes 10 minutes and you're back at your normal life. You don't have to call anyone. You don't have to talk on the phone. Uh, it's all digital. Super easy. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it allows you to uh, scramble out of pressure and uh, prepare and perform. Um, you can go to meetfabric.com slash forecast. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Any other um, big topics from the preseason to discuss or potentially are there any is there anything that you saw either of you in preseason week one that has you going let's take a look at what this team is doing in week one and potentially get uh get a line that um you feel good about i'll just jump in a couple i wouldn't say big things and it's more about like fantasy football than than maybe betting week one but um, Adam Troutman, I think, is ahead of Greg Dolchich in Denver. The first play from scrimmage for Denver was a designed pass to get it to Adam Troutman. Uh, he played with the starters and then came out of the game. Just found it interesting. Uh, we talk, And then one more. We talked about the Eagles' backfield a bunch. Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott did not play. DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny both played into the second quarter of the game. So, you know, make of that what you will. Yeah. I think uh... – I'm going to go with the fading the rookie quarterbacks uh, week one. I'm not sure what the, the Colts plan is with Anthony Richardson, but that's one I really, really like. Uh, three and the Jaguars at three and a half. Um, and I think whew, I don't love it. I don't like it's, it's, a, it's an ugly number to me because I'm not a, I'm a huge Falcons guy, but I don't think, uh, I don't think week one is, is where it's at for Bryce Young either. That's a line I'm, I'm looking into, but really it's the, the Jaguars Colts line. Uh, it I think just reinforced the expectation, as we said earlier, of of where rookie quarterbacks should be priced in the market. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. Um, we we talked uh, a little bit about the the Eagles Patriots. I do think that one uh, is interesting. Eagles minus four and a half in New England. Um, you know, this one is is uh, is I think also interesting. So depending how you feel about you know Sam Darnold, Steelers are plus three at home. I thought Kenny Pickett um, looked good. He looked good at the the second half of last year. Pickens and Deontay Johnson are solid. Um, you know they've got T.J. Watt back. So if it's you know if it's Sam Darnold 
Like, are we buying into Sam Donald right off the bat, even in a Kyle Shanahan offense? I think there there's potentially an opportunity there. Um, and then the other one that that I thought was interesting was, you know, what are we hearing about the Bengals? The Bengals are still they're a two point favorite in Cleveland, and you know, Deshaun Watson, as we talked about, has not looked good. The Browns are a very talented team. They're at home. Um, I, Brad, what is your sense? Is I mean, there's no reason for them to risk playing Joe Burrow, right? I mean, zero reason to risk that. There is zero reason, but uh, the videos pregame of Joe Burrow this this week, he didn't play, obviously, but was running around, throwing the ball deep downfield. Uh, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be fine. Okay. So, yeah. no, not no, no Browns. Unfortunately, because uh, I like that one. Yeah. I, I think depending on what you see as the 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 preseason goes on, like even with Burrow playing, but maybe he's not 100%, I think that could be an interesting one. Certainly a teaser leg, um, getting the Browns out to eight um, in a division game with a really talented team. I think you look at a couple of other ones, so a couple of other teasable um, uh, numbers. I love the Packers out to eight and a half at home against the bears and the dolphins in Los Angeles against the chargers out to eight and a half. So some, some early teasers that can be had. I actually might like both of those two together even more. Cause you get the, uh, you get the hook versus the Browns going only to a flat eight. Um, so some, some opportunities to be had there, even though you've got to wait like four weeks. Yeah. Um, right. I was going to say the teaser, the teaser leg is, is spot on. Cause think about last year with Joe Burrow, he was healthy, but he had the appendix taken out, didn't really do any preseason activity right. and they stunk for a month. He had like what, four picks in, in week one. So. Oh, that's a good point. Um, okay. Let's, let's close out on this. We do have some week one stuff uh, that is um, kind of uh, noteworthy and kind of new. These are DFS prices. Um, and obviously this gives you a little bit of a sense, not, you know, perfectly the same, but a little bit of a sense of where some of the, you know, the, um, the props are going to, going to land. Um, and if you were a DFS player, talk about some of the, the players that might be a good value there. Um, these are on DraftKings. Uh, let's start with you, Judah. What stuck out to you in the week one at DFS prices? Yeah, uh, I'll go with a couple of builds, and I should say I've said certainly in my you know same game parlay process, it, this all started with DFS and kind of thinking about stacks and and different you know uh, pricing and how to maximize that. And obviously there there are differences, and you're, you're competing against a book in a same game parlay and against other players, and there are different strategies and whatnot. Um, but I will say something that definitely stood out relative to pricing is the uh, New Orleans passing attack. Uh, you can get Derek Carr at 5300 which is the same price as uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, $100 more than Ryan Tannehill, and you know $2,700 less than Lamar Jackson. Obviously, there's rushing involved here. Uh, but the Titans were a team, and I think we, we spoke about this uh, in our division previews. They were a, a pass funnel, meaning that they invited teams to pass against them more than any other team in the NFL because they had the number one rush defense and a pretty bad pass uh, a defense that should not change based on the personnel or coaching. Uh, and we like to talk about like pass rate over expected for an offense, but I think that's equally true of a defense. Uh, though that's not necessarily accounted for. Uh, we saw Derek Carr; he did look good for whatever that's worth. I don't think that's much, uh, but if you can, you know, get him with Chris Olave, a guy who I think will be priced at, uh, you know, eight thousand, uh, you know, among the top receivers by the end of this season. This is kind of very similar to I, I last year bought a lot of kind of. Tua, Waddle, and Hill, uh, while those guys' prices were still down early in the season, I see this very much the same way. Looking at a Derek Carr, 5,300, Chris Olave, 6,500. I'm obviously got to put my guy Rashid Shahid at 3,700 at a value. Um, don't think you even need to bring back there. You can also get in some Michael Thomas. There are multiple ways to, to build around it, but I really, really like that, especially given the, the pricing. Yeah, it's a great call-out. Um, Derek Carr's beard looked nice and clean. He was very excited. That there's definitely going to be some high moments for the New Orleans Saints um, with Derek Carr. There's no way that it lasts that long. It certainly comes to a crashing halt. Also, that total in New Orleans, uh, they, they host the Titans in week one, is only 41 and a half, um, which feels like one of the lower Saints totals in a really long time. So people clearly not buying in um, I on either offense, um, certainly. Um, Brad, what would you notice? 
I wish I could share my screen. I'm literally looking at a lineup that has a Derek Carr, Michael Thomas stack. Um, I, I do think Rashid Shahid. No, that's amazing that Judah said that. I do think Rashid Shahid like tweaked an ankle or something. I, maybe he's fine by week one, but I would monitor that and keep an eye on it. Um, but like you said, I think you're buying Chris Olave and Michael Thomas probably lower than you're going to get them any other point in the season. The Titans were, I think, 29th or 30th in EPA per drop back allowed. Um, it's it, it's my certainly my favorite stack, no question about it. And, and then second one, I think, is just this Seattle passing offense against the Rams in week one. Um, the Rams, I mean, they're, they're tough. They're tough to watch. Uh, I like DK. I think you also could go early Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, because – for a, you know, full point PPR, you know, Judah's favorite uh, on DraftKings and a DFS, like he might have 15 targets over the middle. Uh, you know, if they're just, it's an easy game. They're not really trying to go crazy with downfield passing. Um, but yeah, my number one takeaway was Saints. And, and I do also like uh, looking at Seahawks receivers week one against the Rams. So there's a game um, that I think is going to have a lot of points. And um, Desmond Ritter, we talked about him a lot. He's priced at 4,900. It's a it's a slap in the face to Baker Mayfield that he's also at 4,900. I know Baker stinks. The Bucs are probably not going to be very good. But guess who they play week one? They played the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota, I think we talked about this. They they are a, a team that we like to win that division. They, I think, could have one of the better offenses in the NFL this year. But the question marks are on defense. And Judah, if I read your... Um, wonderful research last year. I think they were the most, they they had the most pass plays run against them or the most plays run against them last year. The Bucs are a six point underdog. So I really like the, and I think we'll probably craft some kind of same game parlay around this at some point here, potentially is, you know, and if I'm creating a lineup here, some sort of Baker Mayfield, you know, maybe a Chris Godwin play, and then also maybe a Justin Jefferson on the other side. Um, you know, against the Tampa Bay team that um, that lacks kind of that that top end speed. So that stuck out to me. So does to a slightly lesser degree. Your guy Sam Howell. He's also priced at forty nine hundred. Um, they are playing. They are a, a favorite, and I think that obviously could lead to a little bit more of a Ron Rivera happy to run the ball. But they are playing the Arizona Cardinals, who did not look like they belonged on an NFL field. <laughs> that total is at forty. Um, obviously in Washington. So um, that was another one that that stuck out to me, uh, just looking at the prices um, uh, when they came out. Yeah, the Cardinals I, got I, their first. No, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, you kept talking about the 4,900 quarterbacks, and I was like, where's my guy Sam Howell in there? Uh, I think in DFS you're also looking for is a, a narrow distribution of touches uh, because because of the PPR uh, scoring, you want kind of the, the quarterback is going to throw it to a few wide receivers. And I think we're going to have a pretty clear one and two uh, in Washington with Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Uh, add that up against the, which should be an absolutely dreadful Arizona secondary. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Howell unleashes a couple deep bombs. And if one or two of those hit, uh, which will certainly be a, a same game parlay angle. Uh, and I think that could absolutely work given the, especially the pricing on, on DraftKings. Yeah, what's the um, total in that game? Forty-five and a half. You know, the, the I, that says that that to me says a lot about people hating the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks offense, and I don't know. Ba- Baker looked a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks this week. I don't want to read too much into it, but um, definitely looked a lot better than than some other quarterbacks. Um, any other? I got one. Any other t- yeah, one one final thought. We didn't. I don't think any of us mentioned running backs uh, at all here. So I think wow. Aaron Jones is aggressively mispriced in this market. So if you don't watch the Bears Titans game, Ty J Spears basically was breaking tackles, shaking guys off him fairly easily. Uh, the Bears had the worst run defense in the NFL last year. I don't think it's going to be that much better. Yes, they have some linebackers, but their defensive line is still poor. Yeah. Aaron Jones is not cheap at sixty three hundred, but he is cheaper than Alvin Kamara, who's not playing. J.K. Dobbins, who who knows what he's doing. Alexander Madison, who's not fully healthy right now. The Vikings brought in Kareem Hunt. Um, James Conner is is more expensive, and then like Cam Akers is is a hundred dollars cheaper than Aaron Jones. Anyway, so I think you are going to see. A Packers offense that runs the ball a ton. I don't think this game is ever going to be outside of, you know, two scores at most. So there's never going to be game script, I don't think, that works against running the football. 
Yes, they have, you know, a, a solid fullback in AJ Dillon in the fold, but um, I think Aaron Jones is too cheap at 6,300 bucks. That, that is a fantastic call. He destroyed uh, the bears last year, early on in the yeah. season. Um, it, it's a huge, that's a huge mismatch there. You know, I know that they've improved, but that, that's a great point. And our guy, Khalil Herbert um, is just, is at 5,300. You know, that that's a, to your point about that being kind of a closer game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Both of those I think are, are really interesting. Once, once Herbert, once Herbert figures that yeah, once people kind of figure that out um, and, and I think especially with, with Justin Fields by his side, like has a chance, you know, he's, he's graded really well. People don't know that about Khalil Herbert, right? You say, Oh yeah, he's going to be the starter in Chicago. And people are like, okay, whatever. I've never heard of him. Um, he has graded really, really well. And I think that's one of the benefits of uh, one of the many benefits of, of having PFF data is you can tease apart. Is this running back just kind of, you know, is he the, result of just having a great situation or when he's put in a great situation, does he have the extra juice to really make the most of it? And I think that's where, um, you know, th that's what you see with, with Khalil Herbert. Um, I might as well get a Jersey right now, I guess. You should have seen juice too. So you work that in yeah, un unintentionally, but that was nice. There you go. Um, we, not the only juice we've heard from this week, some really, uh, Great words from the original juice on uh, Henry <laughs> Henry Ruggs sentence. That was absolutely incredible. Oh man, that that's how we know we've reached the end of the line. Uh, this was a great podcast. Um, thank you guys for hanging out late on a Sunday evening. We're only a few Sundays away from Sunday evenings being guest the lines. I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a fantastic opportunity um, to get everyone involved. I I'm pumped about it, Brad. We've been working on um, kind of how we're going to make that that happen. Um, and we'll get a, a practice run in here with week one uh, in the next couple of weeks. So it'd be a lot of fun. We'll be back on uh, Thursday this week uh, because of some traveling uh, issues for the Florida man and myself, but mostly the Florida man. He's got to fight some gators on his way back. Uh, so we're going to do we're going to do Thursday in the a.m. Uh, before uh, some of the uh, the preseason kicks off. And uh, so make sure you check out the podcast when it drops. We love you all. Thanks for hanging out. Peace.